got with us today uh, head baseball coach at Michigan State University, uh, Jake Boss. Uh, thanks for joining us, Jake. Thanks so much for having me. So one of the uh, unique things about baseball uh, at a place like Michigan State University is that the, uh, the academic year uh, that typically runs from September to, to, to May doesn't co- coincide well with the, the baseball season, which, which really is just beginning in the spring and, uh, and really runs most of the summer. Right. So you're, you're t- trying to kind of squeeze a baseball season mostly into the spring. And if you're at a place like uh, uh, you know, Alabama or Arkansas or Florida, that works a little better than it probably does up here in Michigan. <laughs> They've got a, a, few, a few different advantages weather-wise, for sure. So walk us through how that works for you. Well, yeah, for us, uh, we have a common start date now. Uh, and we used to not have a common start date in, in college baseball. So you know, by this time of year, 15, 20 years ago, teams would have played, would be start playing their first games. And, and, you know, by the time northern teams would go south, you know, we would play against a team from Arizona, Arizona State. Um, it would be our first game, and they would have 15 to 20 games in under their belts already, which, um, you know, doesn't usually bode well for the northern schools. So now we do have a common start date. We have a common practice date. Um, I think that's helped. Uh, level the playing field to a certain degree, uh, but at the same time, you know, there's no substitute for getting outside and, and running around and, and uh, you know, seeing the ball hit dirt and the grass and uh, fly balls and all, and all of that. So uh, I think we recruit to that, though, uh, a little bit. I think we recruit kids out of the Midwest that are used to getting ready to uh, inside. Um, and uh, some years we'll have a couple days where we can get outside on the turf or even on our field uh, with the beautiful facilities that we do have. Um, other years, uh, our first day outside is the day before our first game. So uh, it makes it a challenge uh, for sure. But, um, you know, again, we're ready to play uh, on, uh, on, on day one. We've got a, a couple of unique things we've been able to do over the last couple of years, uh, one of which is uh, may, may seem a little odd, Odd to folks is that we've got a heated infield. Right. So, so walk us through what it means to have a heated infield. Well, yeah, Brian Storm, uh, who's a Michigan State alum, has been one of the leaders in uh, in in his field. His his company is Fields Incorporated, and that's what he does. He he builds fields for major league teams, uh, NFL teams, uh, you know, soccer uh, fields, and you name it. Um, he stumbled across this technology a number of years ago where it was only being used in Europe, um, and it's electrical heat uh, that, that radiates off of, um, you know, these, uh, um, for lack of a better term, uh, I wouldn't say coils, but m- more like a, uh, um, you know, like a flat um, strip of, um, you know, felt almost. Uh, and so it was used uh, in Europe, started in Europe with um, soccer and clay court tennis courts. And uh, he brought it here said, uh, you know, we'd like to do this here at Michigan State. So we were the first uh, baseball field in the world with this type of technology at the time. Uh, and what it is is, uh, you know, it, again, it, it's uh, the uh, basically from the back edge of our infield all the way up to the dugouts, the warning track, uh, and just the infield. But um, it, it's, uh, it's, it, they're heated strips that are basically controlled with an iPad uh, that's essentially a, a, a thermostat. And uh, we can turn that up and, and down as, uh, 
as we need to. Um, the, uh, the, the strips are about six to eight inches under the ground. Um, and the idea is to, to melt the frost, uh, to get the frost out of the ground so that when it does rain or, or you know, it snows, the, uh, the snow has somewhere to go or the rain has somewhere to go instead of just kind of sitting on top, there, on top of there waiting for the frost to melt. And so it's, uh, it's really been unbelievable for us. And, uh, you know, we are, we've had uh, full practices on our infield with uh, three to four inches of snow in the outfield. We've got some crazy pictures that uh, we threw all over social media. But, uh, um, you know, again, I think it speaks to the commitment that uh, that a lot of people have made to our baseball program, uh, you know, from donors to the, uh, at the to the department, to the university, uh, obviously, as a whole. Um, and it's, some, it's one of those things that I think our, our guys really uh, take a point of pride in. And, um, you know, it, it is certainly unique. It's, it's, there are more and more schools that are starting to get that type of technology, but, uh, you know, we were the first ones, so it's, uh, we can kind of hang our head on that. Do you think this will really help narrow the gap between the schools in the South and the West and the you know Southeast and and the Northeast? I, as you know, uh, I come from Stony Brook University, of right. course, is my old home, and they're one of the rarest teams um, from the Northeast to make it to the College World Series, sure. um, which was a very big deal when they did it. I think it was the first time since the '80s that a team had gotten in. Right. So, can this kind of technology really, do you think, help narrow that gap? Well, it certainly helps. You know, I, I think more and more schools are going to artificial turf. Uh, um, which, uh, you know, will allow them to, again, just plow the field and, and go out and play. Uh, I guess I'm more of an old-school type of guy. I would prefer uh, to play the game on, on grass and dirt, and I think when the big leagues go to artificial turf, I would feel a little bit more comfortable doing that. So, you know, for us, if, if we're not going go to go to artificial turf, and we have some certain things that, you know, where our field sits um, probably won't, wouldn't allow that, but, um, you know, I, I think uh, – with the with the people that we have here at Michigan State and our uh, our program that's our turf management uh, program, I don't think there's any need to go to artificial turf. So for us, uh, yeah, this gets us outside a little bit quicker. Uh, lets our outfielders see some fly balls uh, a little bit sooner. Um, you know, I don't know that there's still you know any substitute for being able to get out year round, uh, but we all know that going in and. Uh, you know, we, we've said it, um, you know, every year that we've been here, we'll gladly play anybody at the end of the year. At the beginning of the year, we try to be a little bit more strategic in, in maybe in how we schedule and, uh, uh, you know, go find some places where we can play at neutral sites in, in you know, maybe not 90-degree weather, but, uh, you know, something that we're maybe a little bit more accustomed to, and uh, it's, it's worked out well for us. Does anybody in college uh, play in an indoor facility? Are there any... Uh, not that I'm aware of in college baseball. I know the you know the um, the Minnesota uh, Golden Gophers use um, U.S. Bank Stadium uh, to a certain degree. They used to play all their home games in uh, the Metrodome, um, and so you know they got a nice, a beautiful on-campus facility now. But while the weather is is uh, is a little shaky, they've played some games in the football stadium there. But I don't think anybody, uh, to my knowledge, plays uh, exclusively inside. So today we're joined by Jake Boss, head baseball coach at Michigan State University, uh, President Sam Stanley, and myself, Bill Beekman. And uh, Jake, you're uh, you know, at, at major universities, so many of the faculty are people that come from someplace else, and, and they really are world communities. Um, but, uh, but you're, like me, a little bit unique in that you grew up right here in Greater Lansing. I did. And... Uh, so tell us a little bit about your path, uh, how you came to uh, uh, fr- from growing up here in, in Lansing to becoming the, the head baseball coach at Michigan State. 
Well, yeah, you know, it's. Uh, I grew up in the dugout. My dad was a, a high school baseball coach for a long time here in Lansing, uh, and uh, you know, I had always had aspirations of, of coaching uh, and, and teaching. I guess I graduated from Alma College with a degree in, in teaching, and I taught. Uh, Basically, for a year and a half, I taught high school English and social studies. And um, after my first full year, I, I graduated in December. I was a, a student, uh, or not a student teacher, but I was a, um, a permanent sub. Uh, took over for a lady on maternity leave for a half a year and had a great experience. My first full year of teaching um, uh, was was a little bit different for me. Uh, I didn't quite enjoy it as much as I had uh, thought that I would. I, I, I was I was involved in coaching as well. Coached a little bit of basketball, which was a disaster, um, <laughs> and, and and coached the baseball team and uh, uh, really enjoyed it. And I thought at the time I was young enough that um, uh, you know and really unattached, didn't really have many uh, many bills uh, to pay at that time, and uh, you know no money but no bills. So uh, I, I thought I had an opportunity to. To kind of roll the dice and and take a shot at college baseball, and I thought if it didn't work out, I could always get back into into teaching. And, and so, uh, moved out to Iowa and uh, worked at Iowa Central Community College for a couple years. Uh, then from there, went to Eastern Michigan as a grad assistant. Uh, I'm sorry, the, actually the restricted earnings coach, which uh, in college baseball now we don't have either uh, title anymore. But I uh, was a restricted earnings coach for a year, and then um, the full time assistant left, and I walked into the full time job, uh, spent seven years at Eastern Michigan, um, moved to University of Michigan for three years and as, as an assistant and um, almost got written out of the, the, the family and the, and the will from my, my family because, uh, you know, we were all Spartans growing up. Um, and so spent three years there, went back to Eastern Michigan for one year as a head coach uh, and then have been here for, for uh, 12 years. So um, you're right, I'm not an alum. Uh, I wasn't uh, talented enough to play at Michigan State, and I knew that, uh, and so I went where I could play uh, at Alma College and had a great experience there. But uh, you know, when I started uh, this, this you know, when I started coaching in college baseball, the goal was for me anyway was to get to Michigan State and, and become the head coach, and you know, and and uh, to be able to get a chance to live out you know a dream um, that I had since I was you know probably you know four or five years old I guess as long as I can remember is something that I don't know that a lot of people get to do um, when it's maybe that specific uh, so I certainly feel uh, very very blessed and, and fortunate to to be here and um, I take a lot of pride in putting that uniform on and uh, you know I think our players see that and and I think uh, we all understand how important it is uh, to represent Michigan State so yeah it's a thrill of a lifetime for me. So one of the things I think many people don't understand about college athletics uh, generally, and it's, it's certainly true about college baseball, is that uh, you have uh, a certain number of players that you have on the team, uh, and then you have scholarships that you can offer those players. But unlike a basketball or football, when a, when a, a student athlete comes to MSU baseball, they don't necessarily get a full scholarship. Right. Uh, so uh, the guys on our basketball team, for example, everybody's on a full scholarship. But in baseball and many of our other sports, uh, you'll have uh, about half of the scholarship, uh, the scholarship dollars that you would have relative to the number of players. So walk through how, how that works and how you try and keep 25 or so guys uh, happy with uh, – 
with with limited funding. Right. Well, the good news for for us, I guess, is it's the same across the board. And uh, so, you know, uh, college baseball, uh, the maximum amount of scholarships is 11.7. We're able to have 27 players on some form of scholarship with 35 total on the roster. So there's at least eight guys uh, that are that are not receiving any scholarship money at all on a um, on most college baseball teams. Uh, and so, you know, again, I, I, because it's across the board, you know, we're, uh, you know, you, they, sometimes it gets into a bidding war with recruiting. You know, I can offer a guy 50% and somebody else comes in and offers 60%. And, you know, and then it becomes, you know, well, we, you know, what, what's important, um, you know, to the, to the student athlete. Um, you know, we, tr- we obviously have a, a tremendous sell here in Michigan State and uh, the family atmosphere that we have here. And I think uh, uh, it is something that is, uh, that is uh, we've, We've had a lot of success recruiting to that. Um, but, you know, from our standpoint, we try to stretch our, our money and use it as wisely as we can. And so we recruit good students, um, students that will get academic aid. Uh, I think that certainly helps. Um, and, uh, uh, you know, we, we, again, try to stay in the Midwest for, for obvious reasons as far as uh, – you know, how we get ready and how we prepare. But, you know, academically, they have to be very good. Um, and we, at Michigan State anyway, we look for that type of guy, similar maybe to uh, to Coach Izzo and uh, Coach D'Antonio, um, you know, on a different scale, I think. But, you know, looking for the guy that's a little bit more projectable, um, that's not necessarily the five-star you know, recruit um, because a lot of those guys, frankly, don't stay in the north. Um, so we're we're looking for the guy that's projectable, that is going to continue to get better. And by the time he's a junior here at Michigan State, um, you know, he's a, he's a guy that's one of the better players, not if not the conference in the country, and will set himself up to uh, to possibly play professional baseball at that point. So um, yeah, there's a lot of different factors going into that. Um, you know, you try not to. Uh, uh, we don't share, you know, who's on what scholarship. Um, you know, I think the players maybe do that occasionally on, on their own. Um, but at the same time, we try to help these guys understand that when we make the lineup, you know, this isn't this isn't professional baseball. If uh, if one guy's on a bigger scholarship, you know, at that point, it doesn't it doesn't matter when the lineup goes up on the dugout wall. It's uh, it's the guy that's going to help us win ball games, and um, you know, they they work hard. I think they feel like they've. Um, you know they they feel like they are obviously a big part of Michigan State and the athletic department, um, and I think it's a good thing though. Um, you know, and, and because of our sport and because of who we are and where we are, um, I think they appreciate what they're given uh, maybe a little bit more um, because they do have to work for it. And uh, you know, I think that's something that's important to the culture of our of our team at least. One of the things that that. Is, is interesting for me and having, you know, been on the NCAA board and so on is the difference in the draft rules between Major League Baseball and, and the NBA, NFL, right. and so on. Could you talk about those kind of those draft rules kind of for MLB and how it affects your team? Well, yeah, you know, we so there are there are a couple different sides of it. You know, we obviously recruit some pretty talented players. Uh, that have opportunities to to go into the draft out of high school, and so um, if a young man's drafted out of high school, he has an, a decision to make whether to sign a pro contract or come to school. If he comes to Michigan State, he's got to stay here for three years or until he's 21. And uh, some guys graduate, um, you know, start their school way back uh, uh, as a little bit older and graduate at 19. So there are a few guys that are draft eligible after their sophomore years, but most of the time those guys aren't draft eligible until after their junior year. 
Uh, now, the junior college kid, a lot of the, a lot of guys will will go the junior college route as well out of high school. A junior college kid can be drafted and signed basically any time after their first year, after their second year. Um, we have recruited some junior college guys that have been here for one year and then have have been drafted as well. But um, uh, we typically get them for three years, uh, and then you know after their junior year is really kind of. If you're going to make some money in the draft, that's where it is because you still got some leverage. Yeah. Uh, and seniors, you know, we've had seniors that have been drafted in the fifth and seventh round and signed for five thousand uh, dollars. We've had juniors drafted in the fifth round that have signed for three hundred thousand. Uh, and so, um, you know, your junior year is really your year that you're going to make some money. The seniors are looking for an opportunity, and um, um, usually, uh, you know, if they're good enough, we'll we'll get that. Um, and, and then it's uh, then it becomes a business. And so, you know, we tell our guys uh, we we try to educate them as best we can on on professional baseball and what the life is like in professional baseball. I didn't play professionally, but uh, you know, we've had a number of guys that uh, that have come through here and played, and they're back uh, trying to get ready for spring training. So we lean on them a lot to give our our current guys a lot of. Um, information and details about what the pro baseball life is like. Uh, but, you know, it's important that our guys understand this is really the last team, true team, that you're going to play for, uh, maybe unless you get to the big leagues. And because, you know, once you sign a pro contract, you're working your way up. Um, you know, and you go compete every night against the other team, but really you're competing against the guy at your position on the same team because everybody's trying to move up and, and ultimately get to their goal of playing in Major League Baseball. So um, it's a, certainly a very, very different atmosphere. Uh, I think just about every guy that's out, uh, that has gone out and played pro baseball, um, you know, really appreciates the idea of playing for Michigan State and playing for a team and, you know, playing for something bigger than yourself. Uh, because when it, when you get to the pro level, it is a business now, and and you are your business. And, uh, you know, you, you either sink or swim. Yeah, I, I, I think I saw that in the loyalty, again, at, at my old place. We had yeah. a number of people who'd made Joe Nathan and a number of other players who'd made it in, in Major League Baseball. Right. And uh, they were great at coming back to, to the university and giving back. So I'm sure it's the same tradition here. Well, it is. And, you know, and guys are going through the, the same things now that uh, the pro guys went through, you know, however many years ago. And, uh, you know, again, I think it speaks to the, the strength of our program and, and the strength of our athletic department and our university. Uh, you know, I think it's a, uh, obviously, it's a place that, um, that these guys love and uh, are, are, um, have invested into and have a, a genuine you know, interest and concern for what's going on here, uh, both athletically and, and in the academic uh, you know, aspects of, of Michigan State. And um, they're back as much as, they can, as much as they're able to be back, and which I think for, you know, for a coach, I think that's something pretty special. Uh, I think that kind of, again, speaks to the culture of your program and uh, in our athletic department. So, um, you know, certainly when you have su- some success, those reunions are uh, are a lot of fun. That, that run that Stony Brook had, uh, you know, back uh, several years ago was certainly something really, really special uh, to see and, and uh, something that your alumni can get behind and and uh, and really point to as a, as a point of pride. And so, um, you know, we've had some success here, and, and that's been, uh, you know, not to that level yet. Hopefully uh, that, that happens here soon. But, uh, uh, you know, again, a lot of points of pride for our alums and, and for the guys that are not only out playing pro ball but out in the business world as well. So, Jake, we had a, a very uh, generous donor support uh, the baseball team traveling the other year to uh, the Dominican Republic. Right. And uh, I was uh, 
very, very happy to be able to, to join you for a couple days of that trip. And it was extraordinary to me how uh, uh, not only how our, our young men represented the university and carried themselves, but, uh, uh, but the experience that that offered them to see you know, a different culture, a, a place probably that, uh, that but for their, their time with MSU baseball, they wouldn't have had the opportunity to experience, right. uh, to go to a uh, sort of the rough equivalent of a minor league game in, in the Dominican Republic, which was, uh, as, as a big fan of minor league baseball, was, was uniquely fun for me. But, uh, uh, but going to some of those, uh, you, know, you, you drive seemingly for endless miles down sort of rutted dirt roads and turn a corner, and, and there was a, a beautiful baseball field. You know, well manicured as though it were as though it were our field here in East Lansing and uh, talk talk a little bit about that experience that, that you you had and that our, that our young men had visiting the Dominican Republic well I had a chance to go down I've been there six or seven times I think maybe eight times uh, uh, and I had a chance to go down my first time you know several years ago um, and ironically uh, the uh, the then coach at Indiana who's now at uh, uh, at Arizona State, Tracy Smith, um, um, you know, he had been as well, and, and we got to talking, and and uh, he said, you have to go if you have an opportunity to go, and so um, I went with the same organization that Tracy went with, and uh, I came back saying the same thing, I have to get my team down here uh, at some point, and it took a while to do it, but, um, you know, we, we were able to, the idea was, uh, not necessarily on the baseball side, although, you know, when we were down there, it was a great opportunity, you know, when there's snow on the ground here to get out and run around and, and play. But it was more for the experience uh, of seeing a different culture, seeing what the game of baseball means to those people, uh, you know, on, on, on the island uh, of the Dominican Republic. And, and um, you know, again, just something that someday they can tell their grandkids about. You know, we've had a number of guys that uh, you know, probably half of our team, maybe more, had never been out of the country before. Um, you know, we had a few guys that I don't think have ever been on a, a plane before. Uh, and to uh, to get them down into the Dominican and just kind of, you know, we prepped them, you know, a lot on what they would see and kind of what they would experience down there. Um, but nobody had been to a winter league baseball game before. That was certainly a, a thrill. Um, but I think it, it helped us appreciate what we what we have, uh, without a doubt. Um, and we have some pretty pretty good things here at Michigan State from a facilities perspective, from an equipment perspective. I mean, you name it. These guys are pretty well taken care of, and they realize that. Um, but for them to see, you know, really a, a young man walk up to the field with no shoes on um, and no glove and grab a piece of uh, cardboard with a rubber band on it and uh, use that as his glove and go out and take some ground balls and play catch, I think it was an eye-opener for a lot of guys. I think uh, – playing on the field that was right behind our hotel with uh, no grass on the infield and rocks all over the place and guys come out and throw the bases down and say, okay, here we go, we're going to play with, uh, you know, several hundred people around and a guy on a microphone, you know, announcing the game as it's going on, I think is something, you know, again, that, that uh, we can't, couldn't really replicate here in the, in the States and and uh, just about the experience, again, for our guys. And to watch our guys go through that, to watch them interact with uh, young kids from the Dominican Republic. We painted some houses in a, uh, in a, in a extremely um, poor area uh, of uh, Santo Domingo. And, and to watch our guys, you know, be able to serve a little bit while we were down there, too, um, was a thrill of a lifetime, really, for me. Because, uh, you know, again, I think that's that's what it's all about. I mean, the wins and losses are going to, you, know, uh, you know, the wins are great, the losses hurt. Uh, 20 years from now, 
you know, who knows what we remember about the game against uh, Ohio State or Indiana, you know, winning or losing, but they would, I guarantee they will never forget that trip. Um, and Michigan State and our our donors and alumni were uh, were the reason that we were able to do that. And so, you know, obviously with your blessing, Bill, and it was uh, great to have you down there as well. But uh, you know, we tried to we tried to run those guys around as fast as we could and and try to pack as much into a short time down there. And uh, you know, the the only negative comment I got back I got from the uh, from the trip when we got back is, boy, I'm I'm really tired. And I thought, well, you know what? That's a good thing. That's well, that's I can good. vouch for that. That's for sure. <laughs> Tell us a little bit about. Uh, how uh, you know, what you've got in store for this season? We'll open up our season in Charleston, South Carolina. Uh, typically, the first four or five weekends, we're we're on the road. We're chasing the sunshine somewhere. So it's out on a Thursday and and play Friday, Saturday, Sunday, and back late Sunday night. But uh, we'll be in Charleston, South Carolina for a weekend. Uh, we come home and we go to Greenville, South Carolina, uh, where uh, an alum, Craig Brown, uh, is our host. He owns the uh, minor league team down there in Greenville in a beautiful facility uh, in a really, really neat town uh, in Greenville, South Carolina. I don't, um, you know, it's our favorite trip that we take, and uh, we'll go there as much as we possibly can. This year we're going back-to-back weekends, actually. So we'll host uh, Merrimack the second weekend in Greenville. Uh, the third weekend, we're going to host our own tournament uh, there at uh, at Floor Field in Greenville, uh, and that's the first weekend in spring break. And then we'll uh, we'll travel around a little bit, end up finish spring break in Pensacola, Florida, at, a, at another tournament. And then, um, you know, by that time, it's the middle of March, and uh, and uh, God willing, we're we're out on our field and, and ready to to open up our home season. I think March 18th is our first home game, and so. Um, you know, I love our guys. We have an unbelievable group of kids. Uh, they work hard, set a program record for their uh, for team grade point average last semester. Um, you know, so we're trying to, uh, uh, you know, on the academic side, we're 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 really trying to to uh, uh, do the as best as good a job as we can. And I think our guys are, are really buying into that, which is uh, great to see. Uh, we're starting to get healthy. We had a couple guys nicked up after the fall, but uh, you know, again, it's uh, you know, it's it's an honor to represent Michigan State. It's an honor to put that green and white uniform on. Uh, we recognize that uh, baseball is the oldest sport here. Uh, started in 1884, and I think that's something that, you know, it's again, it's a point of pride for our guys. And so uh, it's fun to go out and compete uh, and see different parts of the country. And, and it's going to get busy here uh, very, very quickly. But uh, that's, uh, you know, that's why we do it. It's a lot of fun. Well, today, President Stanley and I have been talking with Jake Boss, head baseball coach at Michigan State University. Jake, thanks so much for joining us today, and good luck with the season. My pleasure. Thanks for having me. Thank you.